InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Does your alarm clock always seem to wake you up too early, making you wish for just a few more minutes of shut-eye? Millions of Americans don't get enough sleep, which can directly affect productivity. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talks to an expert for some helpful advice. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Dr. W. David Brown. He's a sleep psychologist at Children's Medical Center in Dallas who specializes in treating pediatric insomnia using behavioral techniques, and he's the co-author of Sleeping Your Way to the Top, How to Get the Sleep You Need to Succeed. I think everyone at one time or another struggles with that misconception that sleep is a waste of time and it gets in the way of being productive and that to be successful, you need to be working longer hours and sleeping less. But you say that success in life is very much dependent upon whether we get enough sleep. And I think the evidence for that is overwhelming now. Most of us want to be short sleeper wannabes. I mean, there are natural short sleepers in this world, but the vast majority of us need much more sleep than we're actually getting. You know, it was really Thomas Edison, inventor of the electric light bulb, who said that sleep was a criminal waste of time and a heritage from our cave days. And he scoffed at the idea of sleep, was trying to convince all of his employees to stop sleeping. And the electric light bulb itself now extended the day into the night so that we could work longer, longer hours and even 24 hours a day with the use of his invention. And I think this attitude just sort of evolved that we need to be productive, that we're not biologic organisms, so we don't obey the same rules of nature, and we can do without sleep. But now the pendulum has swung back, and we cannot do without sleep. And even not enough sleep is causing significant impairment in us. How does not getting enough sleep affect productivity? Is that something that can really be measured? It can be measured in a number of ways. First off, if you are not getting enough sleep on a chronic basis, let's say you need seven hours of sleep, you get five hours of sleep tonight, you'll function well tomorrow. But let's say you don't get but five hours for the next five nights. You will have missed 10 hours of sleep even though you're sleeping every single night. So this is called chronic partial sleep deprivation, and that has negative effects on us. It affects our attention, our concentration, our memory, our creativity. It increases risk-taking behavior. There's absenteeism. Having an insomnia complaint is the second best predictor of absenteeism from work. The best predictor, by the way, is having small children. Nobody knows that one. But we even use the term now, though, called presenteeism. These are employees that show up to work, but they're not all there. They're sluggish. They can't function clearly. They're slow at what they do, and they actually get less work accomplished, even though they may spend more time at their job. David Dengis at the University of Pennsylvania studied a group of young men. One group didn't sleep at all for one or two nights. The other group slept four hours, six hours, or eight hours. And any group at less than eight hours, over the course of two weeks, showed impairment levels of somebody who hadn't slept at all for one or two nights. Hmm. And yet he asked them, he said, how do you think you're doing? And the people that didn't sleep at all knew they were doing awful, but everybody else says, I'm doing fine, I'm doing great. Subjectively, we fool ourselves. We say we're doing fine when in fact the objective data is we've got problems. 
Many people get less than the optimal amount of sleep by choice. Is that a problem with time management, or, or why is that? Well, I'm hoping part of this is this belief that I don't need as much sleep, that I can adapt to this. And I can tell you, we do not adapt. If you need seven hours of sleep, you do not adapt to five or six hours of sleep per night. And you cannot catch up fully over the course of a single weekend. And so I think many people choose not to sleep. And, you know, they don't realize that they are impaired because we tend to fool ourselves. But it's also a slowly developing change that I feel about the same today as I did yesterday but I don't feel the same as I did five years ago when I was sleeping much more. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. W. David Brown. He's a sleep psychologist at Children's Medical Center in Dallas, and he's the co-author of Sleeping Your Way to the Top, How to Get the Sleep You Need to Succeed. So give us some expert tips on how to improve our sleep tonight. So I think the first thing is you have to make the decision that sleep is indeed important for myself, my family, my employees, and you need to optimize your opportunity to get sleep. You know, don't work right up until bedtime. Get yourself some downtime. Electronics, there's a new discovery of a special cell in the retina. It's a non-image producing cell, but it reacts to blue light. And that makes sense. The sky is blue. We're hardwired to be alert during the day. So electronics are pretty heavy in the blue spectrum. So getting the electronics off and out of your face at least an hour before bedtime is recommended. If there's a clock on your bedside table, most people don't realize that it's normal to wake up during the night. Good sleepers awaken 5 to 11 times every night, though most of us are unaware of that because sleep has amnestic properties. You forget what happened right before you fall asleep. So if you lift your head, look around a dark room, put your head back down, you'll go right back to sleep. But if you lift your head and you see that clock and you say it's 3 o'clock, you calculate two numbers. How long have I been here? How much time do I have left? And both of those will be anxiety-provoking. So keep the bedroom quiet, dark, and no electronics on during the night. I don't agree with all sleep hygiene rules. I mean, to me, they're just common sense. Like if you're having trouble sleeping, you probably shouldn't drink coffee right before bedtime. That makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to everyone. But they also say go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time. Of the two, I really feel getting up is much more important than when you go to bed. And the reason is when you get up, it's the light in the morning that resets your clock every day. Our clock tends to run a little long, about 24.2 hours. That means we have to reset it every day, and it's bright light that does that. That's also why shift workers never fully adapt to the night shift, because if they get off work and they see the sun, it just reset their clock again. Do we have an average of how many hours the average American gets each night now, and how, you know, how bad is it? It's pretty bad. The Center for Disease Control just published a huge study. It's almost 450,000 people, and they stratified it by state and by gender and all kinds of different stratifications. But what was impressive about it is almost every state, about a third of the population, is getting less than seven hours of sleep on a regular basis. 
And again, things like the dentist studies suggest that anybody sleeping less than seven hours routinely is going to start to accrue problems. And it could be mental problems, but it could be physical problems as well. There is a correlation between sleep time and weight. Sleep deprivation causes a change in two hormones in our brain, leptin and ghrelin, both of which are important for appetite and metabolism. When you're sleep deprived, your brain thinks you need more carbohydrates than you need. And diet and exercise are critically important, but without sleep, you're missing one third of the equation. And diet and exercise alone are not going to do it until you put sleep back into the equation. So it sounds like seven hours is your bare minimum. The National Sleep Foundation just came up with their guidelines, and they're saying seven hours is the bare minimum, yes. Now, there are natural short sleepers, but that is much less than 5% of the population. 95% of us need at least seven hours or more. Dr. W. David Brown from Children's Medical Center in Dallas, the author of Sleeping Your Way to the Top. Give us your website address real quick. There is sleepingyourwaytothetop.com for more information on this book. All right, well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, and sleep well. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.